Traveler podcast, where we will be discussing books, travel, and everything we all love. This podcast is brought to you by thewordytraveler.com. The Wordy Traveler is a community of readers who have a love for travel and a heart for giving back. To learn more about this seasonal book club that has been featured in Oprah, Travel and Leisure, HuffPo, InStyle, Forbes, USA Today, and many others, please visit thewordytraveler.com. Join us in helping to make the world a better place, one book at a time. Welcome, everyone, to Season 1, Episode 1 of the Warty Traveler Podcast. My name is Brian Nichols, and I am here in the studio with the founder of the Warty Traveler, and she also happens to be literally my best friend in life and my wife, Cindy Nichols, the founder of the Warty Traveler. So, Cindy, how exciting is this for our very first Warty Traveler Podcast? I'm very excited, and thank you, everyone, for joining us on this podcast, for taking a moment out of your day. Maybe you're washing dishes, maybe you're on your way home from work, or going for a walk and run, but I am so excited to bring this podcast to you, and what is even more exciting is that for our first podcast episode ever, it is an interview with Suzanne Simonetti, the author of The Sound of Wings, which happens to be our featured fiction book in our summer 2021 journey, which is the New England Seaside. And I absolutely loved this book. I was so excited to not only read it and have it a part of our summer 2021 journey, but then when the publishing company got back to me and said that we could do an interview with her, I was overjoyed because she is a fantastic writer, but really just a really fun person to talk to. And it sounds when this podcast, and we'll all be able to hear this in just a moment, but it sounds like you guys really sort of hit it off and got to know each other a little bit. Um, Why do you feel you had that kind of connection with Suzanne? Well, I think one of the great things about travel and just life in general is that we realize that people, I think, as a whole have more in common than they have different. But especially when you get into people who love to travel, who love to read, and on top of it, love to cook. Uh, You know, she is just a fun, fun person, and she just has a great heart for people. It comes across in her writing, but it also comes across when you talk to her that she just really likes people and wants to have good relationships with people and just is a giving individual. You know, uh, this podcast was originally just supposed to be one episode, but we had so much fun together, we ended up having to split it up to two. So I'm very excited. Today is just the first one of two, so if you liked it as much as I did, stay tuned because the second one's going to be coming here in just a couple weeks. Uh, But it was just really a phenomenal afternoon, and I remember when we were finished, I just felt so much better about my day. Well, I can't wait for us all to be able to hear it. So with that, let's dive right in. Hello, and uh, I am so excited today because it is our first Wordy Traveler podcast, and we are here with Suzanne Simonetti, who is the author of um, our our fiction book this quarter, which is the New England Seaside. It is The Sound of Wings. And I was so excited to include this book because uh, I found out about it from our wholesaler and they sent me a list of books that are upcoming. And so I ordered this book and literally I had it on my bedside in this huge stack of books and it was about 4 a.m. and I couldn't just sleep. 
And so I just grabbed one and I grabbed this book and I started reading it and I could not put it down. And um, so um, Suzanne, I'm so excited. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. And my heart is smiling hearing how much you enjoyed the story. Oh, it's phenomenal. And one of the things I really liked about it is it just seemed it hit the right note for this time because the book was uplifting and it was kind in a way. The, 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 the um, characters were kind or, or finding kindness or they had kind hearts, but they were also coming out of some challenging times. And, you know, to me, they felt very alone and isolated and they were looking for that connection. And man, if that did not resonate, resonate with this past year we've had, not only with COVID and everybody experiencing different kinds of challenges, but really kind of feeling that aloneness that there's not really anyone out there that we can go to or who supports us. Um, so Suzanne, um, can you tell me what inspired you to write this book? I will go back to the beginning. When I first purchased my home here in Cape May in 2015, and my husband and I were walking the shoreline and I had at the time been pitching another manuscript but all the while, the sound of wings was whispering to me. And I got an image of this very beautiful blonde, born and bred local, uh, who was struggling to find herself. She was middle-aged like I am and married to a very supportive husband as I am. But she, she, there was something missing inside of her. And I named her Crystal because she's beautiful like Crystal. And yet she didn't feel that way on the inside. And so I wanted to take her on a journey to self-discovery because I often find that no matter how many people in our lives tell us how great we are, whether it's our mothers, our best friends, or our boyfriends or husbands or partners, whoever it is, we need to sort of reach that on our own. And Crystal eventually does in the story. She does, of course, have help along the way because, um, you know, of course, we're going to introduce friends. And so uh, that's that began the inspiration for The Sound of Wings. So you talk about the inspiration of The Sound of Wings. So was it that transformation that made you choose the title, The Sound of Wings? I mean, I know you have a lot of butterfly analogies in the book as well. So how, you know, was that just an offshoot of Crystal's progression or how did that come about? Well, Cindy, that's a fantastic question. And I'm so glad you asked me that. The working title for this book was initially the butterfly garden because as you know the butterfly garden is almost another character in the story yeah. isn't it yeah. but what happened was there is a, a book out there on the market by doc hutchinson who's that's doing very well and my publisher said to me you have to change the title so i reached out to friend and fellow author patty davis and I said, I have to change the title. And she said, let me think about it. I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. And the next morning she emailed me. Now, Patty had read the manuscript. She mm -hmm. had, you know, had given me a blurb. So she was familiar with the plot and the characters. Yeah. And as soon as she said the sound of wings, I just knew that that was the one. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it because, you know, when you see the cover of the book, you can see that the monarch is clearly represented there. So surely wings can represent butterfly wings, but it doesn't stop there because in the story, Goldie, one of our principal characters, acts as a bit of an angel, a silent angel. So I love the fact that the wings can also refer to angel wings. Yeah. Yeah. 
And in, for all of you who have not read this book, I highly recommend you get it. And uh, if you are a Wordy Traveler subscriber um, and you're a fiction subscriber or a combination, you'll get it. If you're not a Wordy Traveler subscriber, check us out. But uh, I that the what you just said at the end, it, I, we don't want to give away the story, but just oh. tell <laughs> it's so telling about the plot line and where it goes. That's phenomenal. So um, you mentioned two of the ladies. You have Crystal, um, who is kind of that young or middle-aged, depends on how old you are, <laughs> if you think they're young or middle-aged. Um, the, the new wife, we'll call her the newlywed, right. and um, gaining her confidence and really kind of finding herself for the first time. And then you have um, Goldie, who is kind of this, um, also looking for something, and, you know, but kind of they find it in each other. And then you have Jocelyn, who's a writer, but you show these three different women and really they all have very kind of similar backgrounds and relationships with women. And I think we can kind of all agree with that. Sometimes we've been burnt in the past by women and it's not that easy to kind of open up again because of high school or college or really even thirties or forties, you know, sometimes it doesn't change. Um, but you're showing the relationships and, you know, some of them have helped them. Um, and in the book, there's some helpful ones. There's also some hurtful ones. What drove you to explore these relationships and in the context of the three different women's life experiences? And I love how you pointed that out because that was important to me, Cindy. I wanted to make the women different ages from different walks of life facing various life circumstances because I, I wanted to show that we can bridge connections, that I didn't want them to all be the same or from the same school, if you will. Mm -hmm. One of the key themes in the book is uh, uh, this, this, this bit of silencing old ghosts. So they all have things that are haunting them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Goldie does from her, you know, the voice of her, her long dead mean husband and then Crystal from the mean girl culture. Mm -hmm. And then Jocelyn, of course, is our writer who is struggling because now she thinks she's gonna be facing a custody battle and she has this agent breathing down her neck because she has a deadline. So, so and I, but I said, wanted to make sure that the women were markedly different from one another because they do find their way to each other mm -hmm. as different as they are. And they make these, these startling connections and, and bond, these wonderful bonds. Yeah. And I think that's so important. I really like that kind of, because you know, I don't know who you are listening on this podcast, but I, I dare say if I was a betting person that you would find someone, one of the three characters you would relate with in this book, whether it's, you know, pressure on your career, um, you know, just life changes and, you know, um, looking at age differently and the pressure that age brings, because there is a pressure with that or with, you know, unrealized uh, fulfillment. Um, and then, of course, you know, then overcoming, you know, other people's perceptions of you and feeling worthy. Um, and but one of the really things I like about this book is how they almost they start to open up and they start to, you know, to have that community and they actually become brave in a way in seeking out a, a new relationship. Have there been women in your life or relationships in your life that have inspired you, encouraged you, or you have, have has been scary and you've opened up to them and they've been beneficial in your life? 
I'm going to start with, I have an older sister whose name is Elizabeth, and she's six years older than me, and she's quite intelligent. And so I've always had this super smart, intelligent sister to look up to. And um, she's highly educated. She was in banking. But just recently, she decided to change careers, and, and she just started um, a career strategy platform for other women called Juliet Works. And so it's been a marvel to see her just completely changed careers, which is something I've done as well in my own real life. And, and then also I have a network of fellow authors through my publisher, She Writes Press, and we have been supporting one another and giving each other tips. And, and we have formed a sisterhood, if you will. And oh I was not expecting that. And, and it's made this whole journey, not only more rewarding, but um, fun really fun and and um eye-opening and i've learned a lot about not just other people but myself as a writer and as a person oh that's phenomenal i love hearing that because you know sometimes you you know in careers or changing careers there's almost that pressure like you feel like well i have to do this on my own or you know i have to be strong and i can't show any weakness and i can't you know i have to be better than everybody else so i love that you have found a group of women in your own profession that, you know, you really can just have that freedom to be yourself and to grow and be on a path together. That's phenomenal. Um, thinking about writing, um, obviously you kind of mentioned it. Uh, Jocelyn was a writer and you even mentioned the pressure from an editor on deadlines. So, you know, obviously for me, that's the first thing, writer, writer, but how much of these characters were autobiographical or inspired from events in your life? I love this question, Cindy. There is a little piece of me in each of the women. So I know that as people are reading the story, they're trying to figure out, well, which one is Suzanne? And, and there is no direct answer to that. Crafting Jocelyn was a blast. And yeah. it's because as a writer, I know the challenges of having to clear your mind and sit down and be creative. And it, sometimes it's hard to shut off the noise of our life. So there's, you know, in that regard, I could relate to uh, Jocelyn. And then there's Goldie, her love of animals. You know, she's from a different generation than I'm from. So I haven't seen a lot of the things that she has in her life, but I love animals. And I also love her dedication and her big heart, which, yeah. which um, uh, you know, I share in that. And, and Crystal, again, middle-aged woman looking to find herself, but, but needing her own validation through her own belief in herself. Mm -hmm. So I relate to each of them and there's a little bit of me in every single one of the characters who are as real to me as my next door neighbors. That's phenomenal. Yeah, you really do fall in love with the characters. You know, I remember when I picked it up that night, I'm like, I can't put it down because I want to see what happens. Like you kind of get some foreshadowing there because you kind of know where it's going to go, but you, you know, you just want to see where do these ladies end out? Is it, you know, is it going to end out what you're hoping for, for them? And um, it's just a phenomenal book. We won't tell you how it ends out there, we won't. Uh, but it's phenomenal. So um, it's really, really good. And, you know, talking about their journey, you know, we do see, you do bring up a lot of themes of past in this book, you know, and, and the, um, not only the writer, I mean, even from the writer Jocelyn's character finding about the past and almost becoming obsessed with it in a way, even though it wasn't her past, having that obsession with, with the past. And then uh, you have Goldie kind of reliving um, the past and flashing back to it and really just um, kind of having those voices in her head. And then you have Crystal really kind of in a way 
identifying her current self with the past. There's a lot of past in this book. Sure. And and in many times it's interrupting that forward progression and really keeping these characters from moving on or from being able to fully give themselves away. If you could either go back to your past and give yourself one advice about your past, or if you were going to give advice to maybe one of your characters or somebody reading this book, what would you say about that whole dynamic about the past affecting your future? Well, I would... I love this question as well. I would, to my, I was going to say to my younger self, I, I was a daydreamer, mm -hmm. and by the way, I still am. Okay, and, and but I found a way to channel that into of crafting fiction. So I would go back to that little daydreamer who was staring out the window and not listening to the teacher, and say that's okay to live inside your head, but now put it down on the page and and try and be productive with it. That's the first thing I'd say. The second thing I'd say is not everybody is going to be your friend and not everybody is going to like you. But more importantly than anything, that's okay. And I think you learn that as you get older, that not everybody is going to be your friend or like you. And we don't have to try and fit into this mold that we can never mm -hmm. fit into. We just be yourself. And, and, but it, of course, that's always a hard thing to try and figure out. And it, it could take decades. <laughs> I think we always are working out. I love how you said, though, that's okay. And I, I think that's just something I'm going to take from this interview and just tell myself, you know what, that's okay. You know, it wasn't how I wanted to be. It's not the relationship I wanted to have, but that's okay. We're just, you know, we're going to keep um, on the path that I'm supposed to be on. I love that. That's okay. How, so that's something I just took away from this interview, but, yeah. but from this book, um, how do you want readers to feel when they're done with your book? What, what, what was your thoughts of, you know, this is the, this is the legacy I want this book to your, this is what I want this book to give into people. I love it. I just love your questions are so fantastic, Cindy. Oh, thank you. When, when I'm writing, when I'm crafting uh, my stories and I'm sitting at that desk, the mm -hmm. room that I'm sitting in completely fades away. I am immersed in the story. I am living in that in this, my imagination with the characters, everything else fades to the background. So the first thing I want is as the reader, readers are turning the pages of the story, I want them to maybe find that little bit of escape from their own lives and the noise of their own worlds. But ultimately when they turn the last page, I want them to feel less alone. I want them to feel like they were moved, touched, inspired. Mm -hmm. I want them to feel motivated and maybe even to go out and try something new or, or you know, but, but to feel less alone yeah. on this journey, that, mm -hmm. that would be the key takeaway for me. Absolutely. Well, I think your book does deliver that. So if you are looking for inspiration or if you're just looking for confidence or maybe just, you know, a fictional character that just inspires you to go out and do something more, I highly recommend this book, um, The Sound of Wings by Suzanne Simonetti, because it will, I mean, I took that all away from it and even more than, but I mean, it was just, you know, sometimes it's just good to have a happy read. And it doesn't mean that everything in the book is happy, but it puts you in a happy place. It puts you in a place of peace. And that's what the book did for me personally. It was just a happy read. And it, and like I said, when we started this out, you know, it's just kind of nice to have that right nowadays, just to have something where, you know, there is struggle and it's not all roses and raindrops, no. but it's still happy. That's right. And I'm, well, I, thank you for that validation and that affirmation. Oh, you're welcome. It's phenomenal. So um, 
you just talked about it, the, the courage maybe to pursue talents or passions, or maybe that dream that you set aside when you were a little girl, like you talked about daydreaming, but you know, that dream you set aside. Other than writing, what are some other passions you have in your life? I do love to cook. And sometimes when I get stuck on the page, I will throw on an apron, open my pantry and just try to become inspired because yeah. it happens. And, and I love to eat. I love to entertain. That's one thing. The other thing I found was last year and it was completely unexpected and it happened during lockdown. I was putting the finishing touches on the sound of wings when the manuscript was due to my publisher. Mm -hmm. And I got this feeling that I wanted to start playing an instrument. I haven't played an instrument since the flute and marching band over 30 years ago. Yeah. But I started researching harps and I will just tell you that I ended up buying a 19 string Celtic pixie harp. Oh and I'm, I'm learning how to play the harp. I'm not good, but when I have downtime and I, I need another outlet, I have been playing this instrument and it's been really fun. <laughs> That is phenomenal. I love that story, you know, because uh, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm in my basement on our, well, our lower level, and there's a piano right there and a guitar right there. And, you know, I took about two years of piano lessons before I quit and one year of guitar lessons before I quit. And sometimes, you know, as you get older, uh, I don't know how everybody's ages are going to be on this podcast. I think Suzanne and I are probably about the same age. We're in that same category. You kind of almost get embarrassed because you hear things like, oh, well, you're too old or your brain doesn't work that way anymore. And so that's phenomenal that, you know, just to say, you know what, this is something I want to do and I'm going to do it. So Absolutely. And always, always dispel any thoughts of I'm too old or my time has passed. There's never um, the best time to start anything new is whenever you feel inspired to do so. So don't put restraints on yourself that please ever. Yeah. That's great. And that was actually my next question is what advice would you give to women who are maybe kind of have that voice in the back of their head saying, you know what, I would really like to do this. Um, I really had this passion and, you know, maybe I should go for it. I would tell them to seek out people who are doing it. If it's writing, speak to a writer. If you want to open a bookshop, go and speak to a bookshop owner, whatever it is, whether it's playing an instrument or learning a new craft, Talk to somebody who's doing it, because one of the things I find is people are, are love to talk about their passions and their vocations. And it's exciting to have somebody approach you with this open mind of curiosity that you can say, oh, now I get to impart all the things I've learned and, and talk about it. So seek people out who are doing it. Hear from them. I love that. Seek out people. And really, in your book, that's what they don't want to give it away, but it is a theme in the book, seeking out people, seeking out those who will affirm you and help you. Um, now, I understand I, I, kind, I kind of stalked you a little bit on Google, so uh, don't get, you know, don't be too scared. But one of the things I saw is that you're doing maybe a second book with these characters or a continuation. Is that true? The next book, The Work in Progress, is a standalone, so it won't be a sequel to The Sound of Wings, and it takes place 12 years after the end of The Sound of Wings. The working title for that book is By the Light of the Harvest Moon. Okay. And I did something that I didn't think I would. I ended up putting Jocelyn and Crystal back into the story. And it's funny, Cindy, because I, I wasn't expecting this to happen. When I did that, 
the story came to life. And I realized it was because I missed them. I missed the characters. And it's been wonderful to be able to take them 12 years later, as you know, from The Sound of Wings, we've got Jocelyn who's got little Billy. Well, Billy's now a teenager. And so things have changed. And Crystal, a lot has happened with Crystal and, and her journey with Abe. It's 12 years later and she has, there's a lot that goes on. And so it was for me, um, a really wise move to throw in these two women who I love into the new and mesh them into the new story. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. Now, this was not a question that I had on my list, but I just thought of it. So I'm so sorry. Um, if, but when you ended this book, was it almost kind of saying goodbye to the characters? Like, did you feel almost like an ending of the relationship with them? I don't know. I know that when I typed the end, I cried and then I took a shower. <laughs> and I know that a lot of writers out there are nodding and they can relate to this well, because it's profound to get to that last moment. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was not planning on writing a sequel. And that was the one thing that people are tugging on my sleeves. When's the next one coming out? I want to know what happens. And yeah. so, and so... It's a good it's a good question because you said was I saying goodbye maybe maybe subconsciously I thought I was and that's why throwing Crystal and Jocelyn into the next book I said hey wait a second I don't have to say goodbye to them because they're right here I could keep writing about them so good question oh that's phenomenal <laughs> wow what a great interview as Cindy mentioned at the beginning of this podcast this is actually only part one of her interview with Suzanne Simonetti. Our next episode will feature part two, where we will learn more about Suzanne, Kate May, and her many travels. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe to the Wordy Traveler podcast on your favorite platform. Each and every episode, we will discuss books, travel, and everything we all love. To learn more about the Wordy Traveler, please visit thewordytraveler.com and consider joining a community of readers who have a love for travel and a heart for giving back. We invite you to join us in helping to make the world a better place, one book at a time. We look forward to being with you again soon on our next episode of the Wordy Traveler podcast.